Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. My name is Sarah Musak, and I am your first co-host. My name is Erin Murray Quinlan, and I am your second co-host. My name is Natalie Lopez, and I am your third co-host. Thank you for joining today, Erin and Natalie. I love that this is a coast-to-coast episode of Gene No, with like two on the east, one on the west, and Woo. I don't know, X-Men in the middle. No, they're usually on the east coast, so whatever. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, and so we are a good chunk through season two. Today's episode is A Rogue's Tale. But before we get into the episode proper, I I want to talk to both of you. So Erin, you've been a longtime fan of the series. Natalie, one of the things I love about having you on the show is you are like hyper nerd. There are so many universes that you know inside and out, but X-Men isn't one of them. And I want to hear your impressions of things so far. So actually, Natalie, I want to start with you. So you're you're roughly two seasons in prior to us starting recording, you talked about the the shock and delight of hearing Morph say making copies. Uh, what what else have you been thinking about as you've been watching this? Um, it's it's been really fun watching it through the lens of I've only seen the movies. Oh, um, yeah. And we're talking, you know, the the Hugh Jackman era mm-hmm. um, starting then. Um, my dad made sure that we were seeing all of those opening day. My dad being a very um, huge Marvel person. Um, he's disappointed that he raised a DC daughter, but that's okay. Um, you know, we still no get along child a, lo- of a lot mine. of the time. <laughs> Have you tried not being a DC daughter? I, you know, I dabbled, um, but it just didn't take. <laughs> um, no, it was, um, it's pretty fun watching. And I'm like, wait, I know that character from the movie. And then sometimes I think, I wonder how disappointed fans actually were when the movies came out because this is a very different character from the movie. Right. So there were a lot of a lot of things like kind of missed out on the first time around if there was any outrage or delight. Like I didn't, no, I had none of that. It's been really clarifying for me. So I'm glad. It's, I'm it's glad cool. it's been a positive experience. Excellent. <laughs> and Erin, how about you? It's probably been been a decade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what has stuck out to you? Wow. Um. I guess, especially with this season, there are so many episodes that I I remember and that just kind of stick it. I mean, obviously the the um, Wolverine Jean Grey uh, framed picture moment, mm-hmm. um, some good stuff with um, with what's his face. I did. I'm gonna do it again. Cyclops, not Cyclops. The other one, the other C one. Timey wimey, angry man, Wolverine voiced time traveler. Oh, cable. Cable, thank cable. you. Uh, I, I went so long without doing that. And yeah, there it is. That's okay. Um, Cyclops yeah, is there... old man baby. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I think uh, I forgot about all of the, the kind of dud ones. And I think th- this one I was kind of surprised by. Oh, this one doesn't qu- quite hit as hard as the other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pacing the pacing for some of the episodes is weird. But I'm still, uh, you know, it's still super fun. and tremendously complicated absolutely i have to say it reminded me i it's been super fun for me to go back and watch these episodes and i am reminded exactly why they got me hook line and sinker and honestly it was the drama it was the romance it was the pining uh that i too felt (laughs) as a tween at that time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. honestly it reminds me a little bit there was a time um did either of you watch scandal Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Like, I I watched Scandal a couple years after it had been on the air, and I was like, bonkers invested and I was like why can't the president and his mistress just be happy and like that's like I cared so hard and it was like oh yeah that's exactly the same thing that's going on here fortunately now I've got that more in like the creative end of things rather than trying to replicate it in my life so that's good news um as far as the the maturing process yeah, but it, where, when it's a soap opera, that's when it has me the most. And I have to say, you know, Marvel, if you're listening, I know you're not. But um, one of the things, I, I miss that a little bit in the comics. A lot of the comics, at least for X-Men, 
have gotten really uh, cerebral and high concept. And I feel like it's more story driven than character driven. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I just realized that that's not what uh, brings me to, to the table necessarily. So, mm-hmm. but they still keep getting my money every week. So are they doing something wrong? Probably not. <laughs> Speaking of drama, oh my gosh, a rogue's tale. So it begins with oh, previously on X-Men when we get a little bit of a catch up for what we need to know for this episode. First things first, Rogue is sad. Uh, Rogue is having a tough time. She can't touch anyone. She's been flirting with Gambit. She absorbs Cyclops' eye blasts by giving him CPR. She does property damage. There's an uncomfortable sleeping beauty moment when Gambit has been tricked into kissing Rogue while sleeping and he loses consciousness. And I will say, I'm sort of glad that they put this. um, There was that one moment in the war room when they were talking about Muir Island and Adler's supposed cure. And Wolverine's just like, who's a deserter? Like, who would want this cure? And Cyclops, to his credit, because I think he's just, he's such a tool so much of the time, (laughs) that he says, you know, some mutants might welcome the chance to be normal. And it's just like, that's really tactful. And I didn't expect that from you. And Wolverine is mm-hmm. just tone deaf and goes, yeah, who? And Rogue looks sad. <sighs> Come on, Wolverine. Right? You're not the only one. What, what thoughts and impressions have you had of Rogue so far? I feel bad for her. Just as a, as a human being, you know, we need touch. And just on that level, I feel very bad for her. Um, also, I think that she maybe... Um, needs to work with Gambit a little harder on finding some workarounds. Like if they could figure it out and pushing daisies, like they can, they can figure it out here. Oh my gosh. Um, they have a whole science lab to figure out things. So I don't know. It, that's just me though. Cause no. it's Gambit. Swoon. Swoon. And yeah. in the end, mm-hmm. in the comics, they did. Like it only took them roughly <gasps> like 35 years to 30 be like, years. maybe say. Roe could just wear an inhibitor collar so we could bang. And then they did. Oh, so like brilliant. good for them. And that's finally that's like that's a little kinky too. It is, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Exciting on several levels. Yeah. Yeah. And oh oh, I'm so glad. Okay. Yeah, they're no, they're um they're married now. Kitty and Peter were supposed to get married, but then they didn't. And uh Rogue's like, well, like we don't want to waste a good wedding. And she and Gambit had just gotten together after working through their problems in the limited series. And uh yeah, they decided they don't want to have kids, but they're gonna have cats. So there you That's just a great oh a great soap plot. That's that's in soaps, that's in lifetime movies. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You know, yeah. we just need a, we just need an episode where they they need to stay at a hotel but oh no, there's only one room and it just has one bed. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, that was the thing and like cuz they were they were on the outs and they used my favorite one of my favorite tropes ever in all of narration which is Two people who don't like each other have to pretend to be a couple and then they fall yes! in love, but the other one yes! doesn't know. And then the other one doesn't know. And then they figure it out. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> like, so good. I want to mainline that. Yeah. It's yeah. So right. good. <laughs> yeah. That should mainline. be everything. Well said. well said. All right. So it's nice to know this that, that that's the ending. But in the meantime, there was a long time <laughs> when it was real rough Tough. to be rogue. Hmm. So let's get into it. So we open with lightning and rain, strangely not being Noir. created by storm, <laughs> just just weather <laughs> happening. Regular. And we get uh, a lady with dreadlocks and a red umbrella. There's, uh, it, oh yeah, and then there's like, a, just like bad guy, right? Like, like Pete Garbage, I wasn't going to say garbage man, but there's nothing wrong with People, a garbage, like a person, garbage, man human. of garbage, yeah, yeah, man yes. of garbage, mm-hmm. yeah, I gotcha. uh, whose mm-hmm. only defense is paper, right, against the rain. I, I also love because it's the nineties. I'm not sure if you noticed that he has an earring, uh, which in the in the early nineties would have indicated yes. edgy, bad, yeah, bad, so edgy. Mm-hmm. And he says, give me that umbrella, lady. Uh, and we've said how we know. I mean, we knew he was bad, but now he's like blocking her way and demanding her umbrella. And I feel like this is mm-hmm. a great example of them like reining it in for the kids. 
right? It's like, yeah, he's going to get in her way. What's he going to do? Take her umbrella. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. I wish that's that was what's up. Like, that's I it. wish that was yeah. the biggest problem. That'd be nice. Mm. So anyway, uh, she turns into a monster. She lowers the umbrella. She raises the umbrella. And it is not a lady anymore. I think it's a brood. I think it's kind of a chubby, chubby brood. Uh, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, but either way, it's just not something, not something anyone wants to encounter. And uh, bad guy doesn't want to. So he just runs away. And then I love that he fell into puddles as he went like, yeah, run, you ass. (laughs) That's what you get for trying to take a woman's umbrella. Mm. it's true Mm -hmm. if only okay so the lady's back in lady form she arrives in a seemingly abandoned building and then it's mystique and she (gasps) lights a candle what uh and then mr sinister is there and then it gets weird because like her first line is you said you had a gift for me and like i don't know if mr sinister called and said he had a gift for me i don't think i want it no Mm -mm. and how did he call like how did he phrase it? What did he do? Yeah. Like, and then it's this weird. It's it's not quite exciting enough to be a place where I would expect to meet sinister Mister Sinister. Yep. It's kind of just like a little shack. Who knows where? It it felt well, it, it felt like it lacked town. it lacked <laughs> drama to me. No, I I, I mean the candle was a little dramatic. That was a little lame, is but yeah, I, it it <laughs> did not have like a heightened sense of yeah. the amazingly squishable candle turned oh, to liquid. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 caught that. Out. I was like, I'm sorry, what? So do you think Mr. Sinister had like a '90s cell phone? Did he have one of those big blocks? I know he's got that big computer room, like the plant computer room. I think that got blown up. Or does he maybe have the old rotary? Is he using the finger? To go around. He has, he has the, like, the really old school, like, the first one's like, ahoy, ahoy, this is Sinister 152. <laughs> he had to go to the right <laughs> operator. I'm trying to reach Mystique. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's an amazing visual. Yep, I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I, I remember thinking, um, so sidebar, in the in New York City that we have the Library for the Performing Arts, Erin, I know you you know this, and you can, Natalie, just so you know, uh, you probably have the equivalent of this in, in LA, but basically they have a film and tape archive of Broadway and off-Broadway shows for decades. And if you have a library card, you can just go in and say, I want to see this. And, you know, you have to, you you can't leave with it. You know, you have to sit at the little TV and mm-hmm. uh, and watch it. And I, I talked about something different. I ended up watching the play Night Mother with Kathy Bates, which whoo, is a rough one. And, but anyway, one of the oh things my. that happens is the characters have like the, the rotary phone and just like, because the character is trying to make an emergency call, just like how much anxiety there is because it's so slow yeah exactly and trying not to get caught oh man my parents still have one and it's just annoying does anything you want to do anything you want to do it goes and it's old so it gets all rusty there's no reason (laughs) they look nice but there's no reason to use one now they do look Mm -hmm. nice i sort of i don't know there's a part of me when i feel like i'm too addicted to my technology that i'm like i'd really love to have like a rotary landline Mm -hmm. (laughs) like old school old school but i mean here we are Okay, so filming uh, a podcast. Yeah, here we are doing the podcast on X Men the Animated Series. On video, yeah, I can't listen to your podcast. The coast. Rotary phone. No, you can't. Do, don't get rotary phones, kids. Get given to technology. Tell that your the friends. auxiliary phone, the fun one. That's right. Uh, right. So, Mister Sinister tells Mystique, "Someday I will ask for repayment," and she like doesn't care. She, There's no stipulations, no parameters. I was very concerned for that choice. Yeah, I mean... Uh, even though she's a baddie, you know. Yeah. So I gotta look out for her. I think... I feel like when I was watching X-Men, the animated series, I didn't consider Mystique quite as badass as I should have. Like, she doesn't care. Like, she fully thinks she's gonna get out of it. And is like, give me what I need now and I'll deal with you later sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They are such mm-hmm. different types of baddies when you look at them. Like Mr. Sinister oh, yeah. is very scary looking and then you got Mystique and she's got her, her skull belt and everything and that's kind of I feel like a really typical Saturday morning cartoon villain. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Mm-hmm. Sinister they they kind of they, they throw everything into that and it's even disturbing now. I felt very disturbed by that character. 
Oh yeah, and I was, the voice. I was wondering mm-hmm. about because um, it feels like a very strong '90s cartoon trope that the villain, typically male but not always, has really really pointy dagger teeth, mm-hmm. and that was like a thing that just all of that was like the signifier yep. of just you know the more muscles the better. But it was the the creepy teeth and mouth thing that they were really obsessed with, and yeah, no, he was he's super creepy now, and I am grown. <laughs> <laughs> Real. With the gift to her is just information. Apparently could not have said it over the phone. Must meet in abandoned building. <laughs> and the information is that Charles Xavier is no longer with the X-Men. They are a flock without a shepherd. And then he says, which I was surprised you could say on a Saturday morning cartoon, like lambs to the slaughter. Like I was surprised that you could say slaughter on a Saturday morning cartoon. But I guess, you know, they're like, kids eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Fine. Everything's fine. fine. Uh, Mystique Mm -hmm. says, I can't believe it. She drops the candle and Mr. Sinister steps on it. And then just to drive it home, he says, you can reclaim your daughter. And of course, Mystique wastes no time. She's the lady with the umbrella again runs out. Right. And then Mr. Sinister Mm -hmm. evil laughs. With the lightning and the drama. And, mm. I was really creeped out by the fact that he could close the door from a distance. I didn't think he had telekinesis, so I'm not sure how that happened, but okay. Might have just been the wind to the fort. I was going to say, well timed. <laughs> well timed gust of wind, exactly. Exactly. For the umbrella, I have a question about the umbrella. Was it okay. still there when she was Mystique? Like, was the mm. umbrella her also? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh, I guess you hold it. You could you could just have an umbrella, like that an umbrella hand. Well, I mean, we saw that with Morph, right? Morph can Morph was able to turn himself yeah. into a gun, and so I mean, it wouldn't be beyond Mystique to turn herself into umbrella. Although I think I feel like usually hmm. her props are separate. That's what I thought, but I, I couldn't remember seeing it. These are very important questions. Well, I mean, it's entirely possible that it wasn't drawn and that the animators were like, the umbrella's gone now. It's fine. Shortcut. Shortcut. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Meanwhile, it's actually not meanwhile. It's probably like the next day. Sunny day at a, what I wrote was, small amusement park slash county fair situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a delightful farmer's market, according to internet sources. With just so many melons. Yes. And they fall over. Uh, we get the, you know, it was basically an ACDC lyric. The ground was shaking. The earth was quaking. <laughs> Everything was breaking. And you, it was a you avalanche with Pyro, who makes the X-Men symbol in the air, and which I didn't understand. Yeah. Just I was to show it off. Is that like some dark mark stuff? Yeah. Like, is that how the x-men know they're there because i was wondering this seems pretty petty crime type stuff (laughs) is this the best use of the x-men's time and is that why they came because of the i I, do you think they're just slow seasons like (laughs) like you know when it gets really warm you know there's more crime during Mm -hmm. the summer months okay and so like maybe villains you know they're really into the summer they like to strike at the holidays uh (laughs) but maybe there's some like slow slow like it's not tax season Mm -hmm. for the x-men no no yeah it's so it's like uh i also feel like it's very old batman superman dc type stuff like there's there's trouble at the county fair (laughs) yes (laughs) he's eating that ice cream and he didn't even pay for it get (gasps) him thief extra extra mister you got a quarter all right and then and then somewhere what's his name the carousel people fall in love yeah, yeah. J- Julie Jim, Jordan Jimmy, and Mean Jim and Lisa Sweetness. What? <laughs> Are you just making up names? I'm just making them up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, them, them, those kids. Do it. Those nice, those nice kids. I hope they get together. Um, those nice youths. So anyway, Blob is all like literally like everyone's there. It's a. Um, 
Brotherhood of Evil Mutants party. We've got Avalanche, we've got Pyro, we've got Blob eating a whole big container. Usual clowns. Yeah, the mm-hmm. clowns, yeah. <laughs> of Tutti Fruity ice cream. But and immediately the Blackbird is there. <laughs> the Blackbird, again, slow, slow season. Everybody's like, I want to go. We haven't had a mission right. in a while. Like, hey, we need some melons. You know, it's kind of a yeah. Pick a few know, two things, stops in one. Pick a few things up. That's I fine. Get that that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And then we, you know, Cyclops asks, "What do you see?" And Rogue says, "A fat boy and juvenile delinquents, old friends from Muir Island." Which I feel like we wouldn't say these days. We like we wouldn't call Blob a fat boy because he's not. It's not his fault. Like he is the Blob, but it's not. It's not his fault. Right. But I'll go with juvenile delinquents and also old friends from Muir Island. Like you, you say that, Rogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Pyro says, we did our job. Let's get out of here. But Avalanche says, I want a shot at those ex-geeks. Money ain't everything, you know. <laughs> and I didn't realize that Avalanche had such depths in him that he was like, no, it's not just about the money. I've got an axe to grind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No axes in sight. Anyway, uh, Avalanche is blasted by Cyclops and Pyro runs away. So clowns, clowns as usual. <laughs> I, uh, my notes say, oh, Lord, Avalanche and Pyro again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I, just, I, I don't like them. <laughs> unexpectedly, Blob takes out Storm with an ice cream container. How? How? Just chucking it real hard <laughs> and yelling, no, you can't have any. And Rogue just bounces <laughs> off of him. I think like it's, it's easy to make fun of Blob, right? Because he's just a giant person but he really is pretty mm-hmm. dangerous like he is not no, he is. easily taken down i also feel like no. there's some kind of campaign to make because storm's powers to me seem really disproportionate from everybody else's it seems like <laughs> just got it going and i think every so often they just need to throw something in to be like no she can't be the leader because look she, look at what she, she couldn't even handle that um, An ice cream and I know bucket. like in the comics, obviously yeah. she, she had her, her crack at it, but um, otherwise I f- it would just be common sense to make that woman the leader. So I feel like this is just, this is propaganda. It is. Mm. I think it's also professor Xavier playing favorites. Cause I think Cyclops, I forget if Cyclops was the first or the second student. I think he's probably the first. And he's easy I, to uh, control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good, good, good boy. Good boy. Mm -hmm. and suddenly anyway so uh rogue has bounced off of the blob and suddenly a blonde woman is standing over rogue she experiences some sort of psychic attack and screams and that sounded like it hurt yeah 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 at least it sounded like maybe she did it once and they played it a few times Mm -hmm. but yeah that little sound editing maybe yeah so anyway, that's this right before I think a, a commercial break. When we come back, we're in Rogue's mind. There is, as usual, it's a psychedelic wonderland, and <laughs> there are bubbles floating past. We see Gambit, we see Storm, Professor X. We see the same blonde woman who appeared before the psychic attack. Um, a redneck guy with an American flag hat, who we're going to visit later. Uh, we've got Jean, Professor X, a kid, and then someone who I immediately recognized because I did not recognize the blonde right away. But as soon mm. as Monster Carol Danvers showed up, I, I knew I, I knew what was up uh, because when kind of green uh, boil covered Carol Danvers, the it's the the black costume with the mask that is um, kind of a, a, a famous image from the X Men comics because they were fused um, Carol Danvers and Rogue and then look the X Men went to Australia for a while that's when Storm <laughs> was the leader and they ended up sacrificing themselves by going through the Siege Perilous Crystal and on the other side. Rogue and Carol Danvers were separated. And when he, Rogue and Carol Danvers were separated, the image on the cover was Rogue in this kind of monster version of Carol. So oh, wow. anyway, okay. so that's kind of kind of what we're alluding to visually here. Um, then back at mm-hmm. the mansion, Rogue wakes up. We find out that she's been having these pr- uh, flashes since Professor X left. And then a real uncomfortable exchange, right? Because Cyclops asks, can you remember what the professor was working on with you? And she says, not exactly. I know he blocked out a whole bunch of memories. Uh, Oh, these mind crimes. I, oh, I get so angry. (laughs) I I trusted him. Yeah. Yeah. 
thought he was the good guy, and now he just goes into people's brains and deletes things. Does what like, he does wants. She, did she? Yeah, right. Did she ask for this? Was it just kind of he was like, yeah, this is too much. I'm just gonna slide in there. Like how? What was the contract here? Yeah, I mean, we don't get the explicit contract, but we do get okay. some of it towards the end of this episode, right? By, okay. by, so, sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is if you haven't watched the episode, I want to tell you for the spoilers. <laughs> the professor is going to offer, like, offers younger rogue um, help. Basically, right. I see what you're going through, and I'm going, and I'm going to help. And ostensibly, it's about her, her powers, right? The skin to skin contact powers. But I forgot that a lot of it is um, in her mind as well. So, and I get the impression she was pretty, Rogue was pretty tormented. I'm sure it was a situation of just like whatever, like whatever you need to do, whatever make works. it stop. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Stop. Mm-hmm. Which is very trusting of her, and I'm not sure that's good. Mm-hmm. Then Jean Grey enters with a handheld DVD player because this is like future technology. That's right. Um, so anyway, this uh, this woman was spotted at anti-mutant protests and she's looking at the, it's real weird, right? She's looking at the camera when she's beside a car crash. She's near a big fire and we get the comment. It's almost <laughs> like she wants us to see her. And then here's my question. Because is she looking at these special, like, X cameras? Like, do the X-Men have cameras, like, global? Like, where are these images coming from? Does she just, like, sees a news camera, like, filming a disaster? And she's like, I'll stand here. They'll yes. see me. I, gosh, I hope it's that I kind of, yeah. I, I choose to believe that's it. Awesome. Great. Ma- ma'am, ma'am, you're in our shot. Ma'am, ma'am hold on. <laughs> Shoot, just shoot two more minutes. Just, just ignore her. Ignore Get her. all my angles. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, poor Rogue cannot take it. She takes to the air. She flies off. And meanwhile, outside, a shirtless Wolverine is chopping wood. This is so full of red, red flags, these people. <laughs> and he, so he, still have... has, he still has his like power suit pants on. Pants. Yeah. Just the pants, it though. Awful. It's comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, what's funny is I, so my notes are on, um, I'm, so I'm still unpacking and I can't find real paper. So I have like <laughs> tiny, tiny note paper. Um, and so I put hospital bed in uniform question mark. Can she not wear that while healing? And then as I'm flipping the page over to keep writing, it cuts to him being shirtless. <laughs> and I was like, look, if he gets to be half out of his uniform, why can't she take a break here? Right. I agree. I agree. So weird. Right, so uh, the woman appears. She says, "You can't keep me locked up in there forever." Uh, so we know we know stuff is going down on the inside of Rogue. She obliterates a tree trunk, sends Wolverine flying, and uh, she hits—is it Gambit? She hits Gambit. Oh yeah, she hits Gambit on accident, and he mm-hmm. says, "Careful, Cher. Gambit just trying to help." He's so crazy. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> I was so taken in by him. I'm just like, ooh, he's so different. He's I was too. You. I was too. No, I watched him like Aaron. <laughs> but like, can you imagine like anyone you're dating or married to be like you were? If like my boyfriend said like Joe just trying to help, I would be like, I think Joe needs some help. <laughs> in a in a in a halfway uh, yeah a Cajun patois. I don't even know what his accent is supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed, um, it's supposed it's to be Cajun. As to how real that is, I, I could not say. It's supposed to be Gambit. I've seen True Blood. I know what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Rogue's freaking out. She says, just stay away, all of you. She, she After having flown out of the mansion, she flies back into the mansion uh, to look for Jean and... Carol appears as Cyclops and things start getting creepy, right? Hey, girlfriend, miss me. And she got rogue collapses, uh, holding her head. And so it's, it's, it's getting rough, right? So we go back into her mind. I wrote, or the lower depths thereof. And and here we get, we start to get to the bottom of things. So Carol says, you took away my life. Rogue tackles Cyclops in the physical realm. And she said, he says, calm down, rogue jeans here. And I felt like that was to talking down to her a little bit like she's really having a problem 
And so imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. I'm shocked. In season two, why would he behave this way? Why would he start behaving this way? Mm-hmm. Anyway, something interesting starts happening here, too, because Carol's voice starts coming out of Rogue's body. She asks, what is this place? Who are these people? She does not recognize Cyclops and Jean Grey. And, um, oh, yeah, and uh, she's going to throw a sofa. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then Jean intercepts. And um, I love that Jean, like so many other characters, narrates what she's doing, right? I'm probing her mind. And then her Mm -hmm. eyes go yellow. And it's weird. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, and then Jean makes the revelation. There's another presence in there, which I mean, I would be alarmed about if I were either the person receiving that diagnosis or, you know, being present and watching it. If I found out there was another presence in either of you i mean i'd have i mean i'd have questions about it yeah the close proximity combined with i think superpowers i I might i might want more of a heads up uh, possible (laughs) wherever possible just (laughs) just you know wherever possible just throwing it out there um rogue is fighting a mirage of monster carol she uh blasts uh, oh yeah she blasts up through multiple floors of the mansion including and i love this because it's canon storm's greenhouse yes this was my this so was good. my jam growing up i was like i want to know what the whole place looks like i want every room i want to see how they decorate their spaces so this was just really this was fun for me to see Awesome. Definitely, I wrote this uh, quite possibly my favorite shot uh, in the entire series uh, thus far. It was glorious. It was so good. Agreed. And Loken with the the logs. (laughs) I had to go back and be like, okay, what's happening on each floor? (laughs) And he's like, logs. Like, no, the poor guy can't just like... Just chop his logs and start a fire in peace. He's Canadian. That's he that's is. his room. Bless. That's what he needs. Right. He needs to. He needs to. He's not going to be okay if he doesn't. I well, feel that's like why I was he... kind of I was kind of confused that he wasn't chopping wood because usually he's got his wood chop, chopping stuff on. He's got his, his jeans yeah his lumberjack his, shirt his, his lumberjack like shirt. Do you think yeah, it was just civvies? warmer? Because there was like that county fair situation. That's Maybe true. It was probably this is true. It's yeah. like summertime. Yeah. Maybe so it's spandex for summer. Yeah, do, or maybe he was just like, maybe Jean's gonna come out. Maybe Jean's gonna walk out and see me. I was gonna say, yeah, for wood. the ladies. Yeah, no complaints here, so that's fine. Whatever he wants to do. I'm an old lady now, but I recently heard the term "lumber snacks" to describe hot men in flannels. <laughs> well, I am very appreciative to you in this exact moment. I'm learning I would say that, that word. Wolverine would be a whole lumber meal. Yeah, yes. yeah, he would. He would 100%. definitely be a lumber meal. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so anyway, poor Rogue's gone. Uh, Cyclops sends Storm to follow her. Oh, man, I made some acronyms that I don't know now. Where did Rogue go after this? Uh, we went to Manhattan Statue of Liberty. So, oh, I wrote, uh, so I wrote SOL, and I was like, Rogue goes to shit out of luck? Uh, yeah, Rogue is to the Statue of Liberty, um, which makes sense, right? It's a symbol of freedom, and uh, Rogue desires freedom. That's mm, what, okay. metaphor. Yeah, no, my mm. English major skills are <laughs> <laughs> thumbs down on that analysis. I faked my way through that writing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Storm is there like immediately immediately uh Mm -hmm. so uh and i really that begs the question for me like like who's faster like if you're like who has the faster flight time i would like to know i guess maybe storm because she can also summon winds yeah i was gonna say like a good current yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. okay maybe that's it because i can't imagine later on learning for me learning um the powers that she actually that rogue actually has that she would not be the fastest yeah, no, agreed. Uh, poor Rogue is crying, not for the first time, not for the last. She says, only Professor X can help me, and he's gone now. And then we get Storm at one of her stormiest moments, by which I mean she says, we shall find a way to help you, which I think is, you know, just, she is the Wonder Woman of this team, you know, not, nothing fast. keeps her mm-hmm. down, not even claustrophobia in the end. And, uh, well, while Cyclops is getting mired in the pettiness 
of pissing matches with Gambit and Wolverine, Storm is above it all, and she's got her head on straight. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Phantom Carol Danvers is still taunting. And for, for anybody, if you've watched Captain Marvel, that's Carol Danvers. So if you've been watching uh, anything in the MCU over the past decade or so carol danvers captain marvel uh her past is inextricably linked with rogues and it's cool because before um you know the split with uh sony and marvel studios you know you could have all this stuff together wow and when see and that's yeah context i had no idea about so you know at the end and everything is fully truly revealed i was just like what is happening And this one of the questions is, are they going to introduce Rogue in the Marvels? Oh. Are, like, is, is, are we going to get to see this story on the big screen? Because it was, it was a big part of, um, of both, for both the Avengers and the X-Men for a couple decades. Oh, rad. Yeah, something, something maybe to look forward to. Who would you want to play Rogue? Someone who is perpetually 29 years old or 32 years old, because I feel like even in the flashbacks, she strikes me as a... Um, not as young woman, but that's just me. Yeah, that is true. I I think, I don't know. know It's it's interesting. Here's what here's what I figure. So I I recently went to see a beautiful noise, the Neil Diamond musical. Oh, wow. And uh, which is a whole nother thing to talk about, but, and I did enjoy it. And the woman who plays the actress who plays his, um, the love of his life, his second wife, uh, one of the things I appreciated so much because we don't get to see this as much on a Broadway stage is she really had a woman's body. Like it wasn't like a 14 year old oh girl's like a ballerina. Body. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like, and, and she was clearly in shape. Doll. She was clearly also a dancer um, or at least wow. could dance. You know, she had dance solos and things like that. But I would really love to see someone like that. Cause one of the things that I think is such, right. It's such uh, uh, kind of the the nugget of it is Rogue can't touch anyone and everyone would love to touch her. You know, she is, yeah. you know, uh, so it, it, so buxom and sensual and like womanly Hot. that it like turns yeah. turns everybody's head. And I would, I don't know, I'd love, just love to see that represented. And I do think mm-hmm. that, you know, not to get on my soapbox here, but you know, X Men is about difference, you know, and we, it's it's an analogy for so many uh, so groups and subgroups, and you know, uh, in mm-hmm. in the world, I'm not saying this very articulately, but it is ultimately about civil rights and rights for different groups. And I also think that representing differences in size would also be super cool when they bring the mutants to the MCU. Yeah, that's fair. I, I love that. I think, yeah, I think you've really, uh, you've hit it, the, the nail on the head there, though, of um, capturing the essence of the character versus, like, just cramming a star into it. And absolutely zero shade being thrown at Anna Paquin. Love her. Mm-hmm. Love everything she does. I love Flack. Oh, my gosh. Um, but if they go a different route and they embrace an older, more mature rogue mm-hmm. um, versus the youthful um you know, tortured rogue um, that they did, they did explore in the prior iterations. Um, I think that would be a really, really cool thing to see. I hope that, that they kind of consider that. Agreed. And what would be, what would serve the material the best versus what would box office the best and all that crap. Well, I also want to see some sass. I feel like we never mm, saw yes. proper sass from Paquin's Rogue. And mm-hmm. I don't think that Rogue was supposed to mm-hmm. be that character. She was Jubilee. She, she was supposed to be, she was Jubilee. She was like a, you know, a, yeah. I don't, Juba Rogue. They, they, they made mm-hmm. it into one character. And then instead yeah. of her getting to be kind of, have her own agency and have that, that kind of sexual mm-hmm. womanly aspect, she was now, um, she now needed help from, from all of the main male characters. Yeah. So Rogue it was, didn't feel Rogue. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. It didn't. Okay. Also, what's with, and the, again, all due respect to Anna Paquin, what was with that flat hair? Rogue's got good hair. Yeah, I was just thinking that. She had the streak at least. I was like, yay, even I know that one. Admittedly, um, though, yeah, none, no, of we the, need... none of the wigs in those productions were great. Storm. Especially Storm the second one. Yeah. Yeah, no, Storm. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Storm. No, poor Storm. Poor Haley Berry. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay, so rogues, rogues fighting uh, Phantom Carol Danvers as she mm-hmm. as she does throughout this episode. Um, Rogue follows the Phantom, and Storm is in hot pursuit. 
and we get a little bit, bit more information. Carol starts pulling back the curtain about what happened between her and Rogue, says that she's in the hospital where you put me. And then Rogue says something I didn't expect, that I'm going to come down and shut you up, which is like, <laughs> oh, dang. She, she is tired of this bullshit. <laughs> yep, I, and I don't blame her. Bless. If I, she's, got, she's got enough going on, like... She doesn't need this too. No, she she does not <laughs> does not need it. Correct. Um, Rogue breaks into the hospital from the roof, which all right. I mean, I guess sure. whatever works. Uh, that's standard New York, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like how, the backup yeah, entrance that's, everywhere. That's how I mm-hmm. get medical care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mystique is there watching, right? Because she's engineering, so trying to engineer so much of this. And again, I, lo- I love X-Men cartoons with like stuff like this when Mystique says, finally, she is ready to come back to me. Aww. What subtext? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Storm. Poor morally upright Storm. Mama right? Storm. Rogue, where are you? And Mystique turns into Rogue and poor Storm is ambushed by Blob who just flicks her in the face. Where'd he come from? Yep. I know. That Do you think Blob is like... He ran out of ice cream. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Uh, I do. I wonder if Blob is like... So I've heard that, that herds of elephants, I've heard that elephants can be extremely quiet when they want to be. And then you can actually like be surprised. You'll be like out in the wilderness and be like, holy crap, there's elephants, what? you know? And so I wonder if that's like the blob situation as well. Like he can get real, real quiet if he mm. wants. Oh, rad. Hey, can someone teach my upstairs neighbor that trick? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what floor are you on, Natalie? Well, technically two, but it's a garage below me, which is hilarious because they break it half the time. That's a whole usually hour long process of them opening and closing it as though that's going to fix it. Um, but yeah, and then there's the third is above me Okay. with the uh, tap dancing octopus school. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Keep the faith, friend. That recital's happening any day now. <laughs> oh, and I forgot. So after uh, Blob flicks Storm in the face, Mystique also gasses her and then turns into Storm, and she summons the X-Men to the hospital. Code Red, uh, which, I mean, which, I mean, she guessed right. They do use Code Red, so good job, mm-hmm. Mystique. Uh, then we get some exposition in Carol's waiting room. We find out that she's uh, Jane Doe, and that they call her Sleeping Beauty, and she's in a coma. Can we also talk about, you know, one of the things that comes up is that, you know, growing up as as kids with these sorts of things, we often thought that, for example, quicksand would happen more frequently than it did. Sure. Amnesia. Mm-hmm. Amnesia, be, yeah. It would happen more often. But I would also say comas. Like, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. comas and waking from comas was like a common plot device in popular yeah. culture in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. But the coma patient always being completely unburdened by any actual medical gear, tubes. No, yeah, poses, just sleeping. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just sleeping, yeah. Well, I mean, a whole mm-hmm. movie while you were sleeping was based around that premise. Which is the best Just movie. talking about that movie. So. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> who is the guy who Love wasn't you, Bill Pullman? Who is oh, the... I brought Peter Gallagher. Pete Gallagher, yeah. Oh, Peter Gallagher, mm. that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, Joe Jr. <laughs> hey, Luce. Sorry, I could quote that movie. Wait, who made you the Pope? I, all of it. <laughs> all of it is so good. <laughs> How long has Carol Danvers been in a coma and been a Jane Doe? Well, that's a good question. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing, I'm going to say like two years based on this timeline because rogue looked like rogue like two plus years right so rogue looked like rogue when she absorbs carol danvers memories and powers and then she has to run away she has to use them for a little while she has to run away she has to be recruited by xavier and have started to get help so no one knows carol she doesn't have a job or I mean, Friends she wasn't a vendor, or we don't talk. Yeah, oh, yeah, that part. Like, it, like mm-hmm. nobody's looking for her? <laughs> Nobody! I'm wondering if it's because she works for the government that it's just like a cover-up. Like, like the people who need to know, know, but they're not going to go say anything. Okay, that's... Helpful, yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. probably it. 
Thanks, I, I made that up. So the X-Men arrive like in Cyclops's convertible. Um, Cyclops is like, what's up? <laughs> and uh, Mystique as Storm is like, revenge. And then down comes the blob. Um, also, where did those boulders come from? They're at a hospital and suddenly boulders have rained down upon them and trapped them. And Mystique says, you stole something very important from me, and now you're going to pay. And one of my favorite lines in this whole episode, Avalanche says, rock and roll, ex-fools. And then he goes, ah, because Cyclops just blasts him. Yeah, that was deserved. Well, I keep forgetting what the name of their crew is. I had to look it up. Oh, the evil brotherhood. Just one of the bad. Yes, the brotherhood of clowns. Like I can't. No, I think they can't take them seriously. The way no, they should not be taken seriously. I think like Mystique is the only one who should be taken remotely seriously. She's like she deserves better. I'm just saying. She's a a tough life, Henry and Dark Dark Home. We can get into that. (sighs) Ah, anyway, Pyro makes a fire lion. Cool. It's got claws. Kitty. It scrapes the side of a building. What? <laughs> and Gambit says, "Nice kitty cat," which I think foreshadows his uh, sweet home, sweet home with Rogue and their many cats. Aww. Aww. Uh, oh yeah, then we get a fight. We finally get a proper like team fight. Gambit takes out his bow staff. Cyclops blasts Pyro. Uh, Blob, and then we get. Are you, are you uh, getting excited about the line that's coming? Blob to Wolverine. He says, "Eat some sidewalk." And Wolverine says, "What? Need salt. Need salt." <laughs> couldn't do it i was laughing too hard so oh good. man so so um little little sidebar here so um my grandma uh, paternal grandmother was famous for her love of salt she was famous for putting a ton of salt in while cooking she was famous for not tasting her food and just saying this needs salt and putting salt on it and i remember my cousin once being like we need to get grandma a salt lick um and uh we, we never did we never did she served herself her own salt but whenever I hear need salt, that's always what I think of. Oh, grandma. Need salt. Great. So anyway, Storm's awake now. She picks up some bad guys in a whirlwind and throws them through a building. I've noticed this season, Storm does not give an F about property damage. No one does. No one does. So many yeah. of these plots require a hole in a wall at some point, a mm-hmm. tunnel through a wall. Yeah. That's true. Wallach's machina type situations. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we just needed one and there it is now. Thank you, Storm. I wonder if it's um it's interesting because this actually comes up a little bit in Batman where like the Gotham City government, it's revealed has a fund specifically for Batman fight repairs. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't blame them, honestly. That's a smart, smart move on their part. Yeah. I feel like New York probably does as well. It's just, you know, it's in the background, bureaucratic paperwork, you know. That's true. There's a lot of red We don't see the pencil here. pushers. Yeah. 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 I was, we were sense. having a conversation the other night about how much, how much it would take various people to get insured, insured, like how much it would cost. Like obviously Wolverine doesn't need insurance, but Carol no. Danvers, like how much do you think probably, she probably pays a, a pretty high premium on her insurance. Would anyone even, like, I feel like she'd be just deemed uninsurable at a certain point. Yeah. Like, mm. who would even pick up that policy? Yeah. <laughs> anyone listening in the insurance game? Tell us in the comments. <laughs> anyway, Storm shares that she knows what's up and says, a shapeshifter is after Rogue. And she's right. A shapeshifter is Nailed after it. Rogue. And and Rogue is inside the hospital. She catches a glimpse of Mystique uh, as Carol Danvers in the elevator. She just pulls the doors off. She's not messing around. She rampages through the hospital. She arrives in the real Carol Danvers room with Mystique, asks, why are you doing this? And Mystique says, to help you remember, touch me. And then Rogue does touch her. Mystique passes out. Rogue turns blue. And she remembers. I know. Rogue. Poor Rogue. She remembers kissing Cody. We already know about that. That was uh, dramatized in, in this his, series. Cody. His pet name for her. Girl. Girl. Yeah. Mm. Y'all haven't been Sorry. kissed, girl? 
<laughs> I wish everyone could see Aaron's face right there. It's just a little, little gagging. Uh, oh, but we also get to see that the guy in the bubble with the American flag hat was Rogue's bigot dad. That sucks. Neat. Yup, and he says, my own flesh and blood, a mutant. You ain't my daughter. It's like, not not cool, man. Jerk. You are not cool. Nope. You're no father. No, not not my America hat. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, and I'm not sure if, I, if you guys noticed, and I feel like you couldn't get away with it these days, that uh, dad had cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. Oh. Yup. Damn it, I missed yeah, it. Yeah. Did did you guys I remember getting candy cigarettes for Easter in my Easter mm-hmm. basket. That was a thing. We get them from the ice cream truck because we weren't technically allowed to have them. Nice. Contraband of contraband. Meanwhile, my mom, we would go to the store and I'd be like, oh man, they still make these? And then get them and show me how to use them. And at the time I didn't question that, but you know, upon reflection, I I have some questions. Did you? Because I remember there were chocolate ones, and then there were the ones that I'm not sure if it was flour or some sort of powder on the end that you corn could, starch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could blow. That <laughs> <laughs> had one good puff in them. Yep. <laughs> and then you had to like peel the paper off to get at the gum. It was yeah. like chewing gum, right? Yeah. Like, just like oh, stupid paper. Hold on. Just like a real cigarette. Production. Mm, chewy and sweet just like real ones (laughs) anyway bullied by cigarette bigot man uh rogue runs away she cries in the train station and mystique approaches her as a nice lady who says you look like you could use a meal and a hot bath and we see uh her training rogue and i guess this sort of means that in this world mystique like professor x has been watching like she she knows what's up she knows rogue's a mutant she knows what she's doing it's not just some random girl um, but did you notice that when she absorbs pyro, she makes a fire puppy? Little fire puppy. Fire puppy. I loved it. I loved it. And then we 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 get kind of the, the big game line when Rogue says, you training me for what you said would be the most important day of my life. And then when we see it, it's like, oh, like you should have. There were some red flags, right? So we're in an airplane hangar. Rogue shows up being sexy. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I'm lost. Could you help me? And he's so flustered. I I guess I have a question. I understand. I guess maybe do people, I guess people do do get that flustered sometimes. I'm just thinking. So here's here's your answer. My (laughs) My husband, Evan, told me the other day that he doesn't remember parts of the x-men show when he watches with me because he's so distracted by rogue's body (laughs) (laughs) he just goes into a fugue state or something i mean i can see how that would happen there it is full circle see this is what we're looking for in future casting that right there just whoever imposes a fugue state while watching and this 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 transcends any sexual preference mm-hmm. or sexuality mm-hmm. or anything. It's just one of those like that is a work of art. Yeah. And you, you have to like have great painted right on costume. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you think like in the, the like the spectrum of sexualities, there's like asexual, but then there's just rogue sexual? Like rogue I would sexual. be asexual, but there's rogue. But then there's Rogue. That's fair. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, oh, first of all, Aaron, my deep thanks to Evan for providing clarification <laughs> and scientific evidence yeah, on that science. question. Yes. Yeah. Totally realistic. Rogue absorbs Airplane Man. She, well, I said Airplane Man, but like he's we presume he's the <laughs> pilot, right? Because she knows how to fly the plane. And uh-oh, here's Ms. Marvel. And I love that it's that it's Ms. Marvel. And she does correct Blob, right? Because this is this is a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants plane heist. And uh Blob says, it's Miss Marvel. And she says, that's Ms. Marvel, right? So we know Ms. Ms. This is the part in my notes where it's all caps. Ms. Marvel question mark exclamation point. Wait. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? 
So Rogue takes off in the plane. Mystique uh, says, my daughter has a serious surprise for you, which is like, oh, like nightmare stage mom. Don't like. Oh, sorry. Let's talk real quick about the the Ms. Marvel movie. I have I enjoyed the movie. I have one very small axe to grind, which I will share with both of you. So having grown up in this era, which um, of X-Men, the animated series, which is also really where Ms. Marvel, the movie takes place and she has a car and I recognize that car. I think it's like a little hatchback or something. And she presses something in the armrest and the windows go down. And we all know what? that in that era, those were not power windows. Like you just got to make a little, mm. little circular jerk motion in <laughs> on the inside of the car door. And we're all doing visual that. gags for a podcast right now. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> no. We all nailed it, by the way. Yeah. It's just stunning. so everyone yes. knows we well did done. a really great, really great mm-hmm. uh, object work <laughs> With an imaginary <laughs> right there, right there. Anyway, sidebar, back into the story. Miss um, Marvel peels off the top of the plane like it's a sardine can. She absolutely has power. She sends Rogue reeling. She she and we all know Miss Marvel's a pilot flying the plane. Not a problem. She closes the tin can. Oh yeah, too, she does. Also. She does. I thought, Thank I thought you. it was yeah. great. Just kind of pinches that one shut again. Got to have cabin pressure, right? Aerodynamic. Mm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rogue grabs her and then things get bad, right? So Rogue is absorbing Ms. Marvel and she screams, Mama, something's wrong. I want to let go. And Mystique's just like, no, (laughs) like, nope. (laughs) You do not get to let go. That is not what's going on here. Ms. Marvel trying to get away blasts up through the plane canopy with Rogue in tow. The plane crashes. Ms. Marvel loses consciousness. She and Rogue crash. And that awful line when Rogue says, why'd I have to hold on, Mama? It felt bad. Ooh. Don't like. It's rough. Don't like. All right. So, (laughs) So at the hospital... Rogue, Rogue asks Mystique, yeah. how could you do that to me? We uh, get to see uh, Rogue with Ms. Marvel's powers, but also beginning in her mind and the spells. And Rogue runs away. She kind of figures out what's going on, that Mystique is manipulating her, that she used her to get these powers so that Mystique can make her power plays. Um, and then we get a creepy moment because Rogue runs away and she says, and that's when he called out to me. Like, was he there the whole time? Like, he knew yeah. all of this was happening? Mm-hmm. And just, like, Chuck, what are you doing? I also love that the way he calls out to her is mutant. <laughs> mutant. <laughs> I it could be anyone flying pain. through the air in distress. <laughs> and suddenly both he and the Blackbird are there. Like, I did, there's a lot I don't understand about Time and Space and X-Men, the animated series. And Professor X says he cannot return Ms. Marvel to her body, just quiet her. And Mystique, just completely oblivious, tells Rogue in the now, today I get you back. Wrong, lady. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, you did this. What? How? She wasn't taken from you, honey. You did this. That's correct. Rogue says, you used me, enter the X-Men, um, and then Carol Danvers takes over Rogue's body. Rogue is still has Mystique shape-shifting Ooh. powers. Things get a little complicated. There are a few layers of powers happening and also possession. So yep. Rogue had touched Mystique. She has shape-shifting powers, but Carol, the Carol Danvers psyche has taken control of Rogue's mind and body right. with the shape-shifting powers. I, at one point, I just wrote, I've lost track of who is who. <laughs> Right, right. It's all very during this fight. I was like, I don't know who I'm rooting for anymore. It's just yeah. She takes off with Mystique. Jean Grey says, "You can't catch up with her body, but I can catch up with her mind." (laughs) Cue Cerebro helmet. Yep, she's got it. Um, Then we get Rogue versus Ms. Marvel. I wrote Mind Edition, but we've really had a few Mind Edition fights uh, already. Um, And not even big time. I wrote big time Jean Grey can stop it. So we get a giant Jean Grey inside uh, Rogue's mind. And she's like holding them like tiny action figures. Buy those toys, kids. (laughs) 
And Rogue legit apologizes to Ms. Marvel in her mind. And uh, But Carol's not having it. She says, sorry, doesn't give me back my life. Um, and Jean, Jean Grey and Rogue trap Carol in a psychic uh, prison cell, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess is the best they can do at the time. In a lockbox. In a lockbox. I haven't thought about lockbox in a long Lock time. Lockbox. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Another SNL reference. Oh man, I miss I miss right. those days of politics, you guys. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh do Simple I? Simple days. Were we ever that young? We were. We were once that young. <sighs> so Rogue finally confronts Mystique. She says, "Use your pitiful tricks on someone else. I'm with the X Men now." And uh, <laughs> Mystique says, "But I'm the only one who could ever help you." And Rogue, Rogue but Rogue's wise. Rogue's wise to Mystique, right? You never loved me. You only wanted me for my powers. I ain't your daughter, not anymore. And then she flies away. Yeah, anything you want to add there? Anything I missed? Mystique has an overinflated idea of her role as a mother. Um, Not wrong. And she, like, really wants to be Rogue's mom, but she, like, doesn't want to be Nightcrawler's mom. So sad. What the hell? I know, I know. It's she's real selective, real selective. Anyway, good news. Uh, Mystique and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants go someplace else to lick their wounds. Uh, Rogue has full control of her mind again. Uh, Gambit whistles and says, "I hope you dress up for me." <laughs> and it's just like normal clothes. She's just wearing normal clothes. It's yeah, you know, tank top and like mom jeans. <laughs> and I was surprised because I feel like we were seeing Rogan Gambit's relationship advance because instead of scolding him, she says, I'd like to sometime Gambit, but I'm spending today with an old friend. And it was like, oh, she just told him it was okay to go on a date. Oh, Swoon. Yeah, I know 14 year old me just like fanning herself. This is so hot. Uh, and then Rogue visits Carol Danvers in the hospital. The nurse is shocked. Uh, Rogue shares that they were very close. And then strangely, Carol Danvers, coma Carol Danvers smiles. Just smiles a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Happy ending, question mark? But for who? At the end, I just was like, aw. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot. Any any final thoughts on this episode before we get to awards? Any other, any things we missed? It's It's a lot in one episode. Yeah, and not in a confusing way. Because usually, I get is. very confused when when they keep throwing in people and keep throwing in this. This it felt like too much and too little all at once, and I don't know how else to describe it. I think that I mean I feel like it's a fair note for the series. <laughs> <laughs> too, much too much and too little. And too little. The X Men story. Yeah, I was gonna say I found a couple of interesting um, trivia bits mm-hmm. that were. Um, that I missed, honestly, um, at the beginning. But apparently the um, the release date, let me double check the release date here, which was not, not that long ago, uh, 1994. So January 94. Um, and then at the very, very beginning, as I scroll back, very long page, um, the there's a drink shaking. When, when Blob shows up, there's a drink shaking just like in Jurassic Park, which would have been a very like noticeable reference ah, at the time. Yeah, cool. But just I completely missed that. Was Jurassic Park ninety three? Like, Hold on, because I I saw that and I was like, 92, oh, that's kind of Jurassic Park-y. something like that. Yeah. But then it it, wobbling, hey. it wasn't doing the thing the the, 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 the ripple. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. not, but maybe yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and then the other one was the. There's like a lightning bolt with Mystique as Carol when Rogue sees her at the market in the visions. The lightning bolt is the same bolt on Ms. Marvel's costume. Oh, which right. I also missed that. Yes. And I was like, darn it. Like, because at the time, of course, I didn't know it was her, so I wouldn't have caught it anyway. But I was like, son of a biscuit, it was right there. Yeah. That's cool. That is it's cool. cool. Yeah, it makes total sense. I loved that I like, costume what? for her. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't so be a good, good one necessarily for the movies because it's just like a swimsuit. But um, the belt, it so was, the belt mm-hmm. does it. The little sash belt. Oh, the sash belt. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the and the little mask too. Yes. So just oh, to close up, so here on G No, we like to give a few awards at the end of each episode. Who deserves the Oscar today, friends? Rogue. Rogue. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, no other nominees. Uh, anyone MVP character who you feel stepped up today? Gambit and his big stick. I was about to say Hey-o. Gambit because he tried to help. He did try Plus to help. He did. Gambit just tried to help. <laughs> I also want to give a nominee a special shout out to Jean Grey because she did something. Did a lot. And, and she got to have to tell mm-hmm. it to. She did it. Right. And she didn't faint. Good job, Jean. Yep. She was more than exposition, uh, which was really nice. Storm was great then, too because she she oh yeah she's yeah. Mama Storm and I like that mm-hmm. supportive mm-hmm. and favorite line I'm gonna go with need salt but need salt, I, I need salt. I'll go I I can get behind that absolutely awesome well thanks for being with us today friends uh, before we yeah. go if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about you where can they find you on the interwebs ErinMarieQuinlan.com and I stay anonymous, so I'll just crawl back into my cave. All right. <laughs> if you uh, want to follow the podcast, you can do so at gene-no with four O's on Instagram. If you need to get a hold of Natalie or me or Aaron or anyone else at the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Uh, my name is Sarah Musick. You can find me at sarahmusick.com. And we will see, hear you next time on Gene No and X-Men, the animated series podcast. Gene, no! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast.